0: So Tom Parry after last week's winning introduction you know I th- I sat down and I thought I'd prepare and nothing came to me so this is just going to be like this this is this is the introduction of oh, no. me if I had known no,
1: would I would have come up with something clever it's far Oh far beyond dear, this, Tom, well let's go on
0: with it, then, shall we It's Tom on at attack <laughs> Right then. So we go from my most prepared introduction to my most lazy introduction in one fell swoop. It's alright. I feel
1: I feel like we've we've had this same conversation again but oh that was the laziest introduction ever. But I think I mean, this I... one definitely takes a biscuit for the laziest introduction ever in all 244 Two. 42. What have I added extras on there? I think maybe Yeah, t- you're know. right 242.
0: <laughs> It's almost as if I edit this podcast and have to make a blog post. about it You know, it and time. it's almost
1: as if I haven't posted the last one around this week, so I haven't been reminded oh. of what episode number it is. Apologies to those out there it's, who, it's who listen right, to Thomas. our podcast.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's posted. It's in people's iTunes. Oh machines, yeah, no, people so it... should
1: have heard it if if they if they're tuned in to uh, the yes. correct channels.
0: If they have the RSS feed or if they're on iTunes or Stitcher, I still haven't looked into Spotify because it seems like more of a faff than I thought it would be. Really? But hey. hey I you've only made
1: it. it when you're on Spotify. After a, I all, I've that. seen all the kids posting their uh, best Spotify songs or most played Spotify's this year. Yeah. If I did mine, it would be all Paul McCartney because for the month that I have Spotify, I was going through a Paul McCartney phase where I was just listening to everything, every day. Paul McCartney, Paul McCartney. I...
0: I mean, I know that you have, like, an, a very big library of music, uh, but, right, I'm going to look at mine, because I have Spotify. How the hell do you function without Spotify? I, I don't understand I've that. I've I, talk... I
1: put them on. That's what I do.
0: Okay. Um...
1: <laughs> That's right, what I do, so my, Matt.
0: My top, my top songs of uh, 2020... Two of them are from the absolutely excellent Cafe Music BGM channel, um, in which is a Studio Ghibli jazz. Oh, that one. <laughs> yes, the one I always fucking listen to. Um, then, believe it or not, the, the first one on my Spotify thing, I'm like, hmm, I don't really remember listening to this. I don't know if it's done in how many times I've listened to it. Oh, no, it does. Wow. Apparently, I've listened to Sam Fender's Back to Black from the BBC Radio 1 live session for five hours. I don't mm. understand that. Oh, hang on. Right, okay. That's not the top one. I was going to say, I was just like, what the fuck? Um, My top... Oh, no, this is just the length of the song. This is really weird. I don't understand this, Tom Parry. How New do you find technology. it out? How
1: do you get your uh, results, statistics?
0: You go into your Spotify and there's a thing, a playlist in your made for you section called Top Songs. Are your top songs 2020? Uh, Tools, The Pot is up there, which is an excellent song. The Mountain Goats This Year, which has been my anthem for this year. Yeah, yeah, there's there's stuff on here that I'm like, I've absolutely not listened to this song very much.
1: Uh, Well, I can't tell you mine because I think you have to actually be paying for Spotify to get that because I don't have it. Uh, I see. I'm not currently yeah, certainly... um, giving them any of my, my pennies.
0: Oh, I see that. Anyway, let's not talk about Spotify. This is an ad for Spotify. <laughs> no, this is turning if into a will...
1: free advertisement for Spotify, but then I saying say, I they... don't use it is it's maybe just uh, counterbalancing that a little bit. I mean, I do. I, have had I Spotify don't. There we go. Well, we're I indifferent. We don't, we don't care either way.
0: No. tom harry and his ruthless efficiency me with lazy introductions and you're just like nope chopping the legs out of this conversation not getting any more time on
1: this podcast talk about video games yeah because we've spent what four minutes talking about spotify right
0: i mean it's what the people want to hear tom the game of life how are you doing anyway we haven't Uh, even asked that fine
1: thanks yeah um got a bit of a change of scenery at the moment um I've got access to a PS4 currently, but that's it, so you won't find... Oh, actually, no, that's not that it at all. I just don't have access to an Xbox One or a Switch. I have access to about everything else under the sun. I was going
0: to say, like, you you have every <laughs> other console under the sun in there. You have a bloody CDI at you, your disposal. I can see a PS3 in this very picture.
1: Ah, yes, that's right. That one doesn't play um, Blu-rays anymore, though. I think I told you about really. that. I don't know if I said on, on our podcasts about that, but...
0: Is that your launch PS2?
1: It's PS3. 3.
0: PS3, sorry. Yeah, the, the 60 gig PS3. Games? So uh, yeah. it's been
1: good to me for many years, but a few months ago now it decided to stop reading Blu-rays, and I looked it up, and obviously it's got two different lasers: one for DVDs, one for Blu-rays. And it seems like the Blu-ray yeah. laser has given up. Therefore, so it only that... plays DVDs and CDs.
0: DVDs, CDs, and PS2 games and PS1 games, I imagine. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: It'll do all that. It just won't pay, It's a PS3 that won't play. Disc-based PS3 games now. Great,
0: cool. It's exactly what you want. I mean, so essentially, (laughs) it's made it into a PS2. (laughs) Cool.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah, it's a a PS3. You've shaved
0: (laughs) the PS3 off of it. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know how easy that sort of thing is to
1: fix, but already having another PS3, yeah, means it's not that important.
0: Yeah. Does that mean that the other PS3 you own has become your your family Blu-ray player?
1: So the PS3 is uh, my flat. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. But I brought the PS4 here, which is currently in our living room. So that is, my my mum and dad can make use of all the, you know, the apps and such if they want. All that
0: technology. All yeah. that
1: technology, yeah.
0: Fair enough. Okay. Um. Yeah, but video games, Tom Parry, have you been playing any? Uh,
1: I bought a couple. I bought, um, really? I think I said it the other week, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. But I've only just yes. started playing Rise of the Tomb Raider. And um, the other thing that I got recently was Ace Combat 7. Is it 7?
0: Seven? 7. Yes, seven.
1: it is. Because, yes, these were the Black Friday deals I decided to get for myself. those just, just those two. £15 each. I've been watching Ace Combat for a while and 15 seemed good. And for the definitive edition of Shadow of the Tomb Raider, that also seemed like a good price to me. So, 30 quid all in. Got myself a couple of games recently.
0: Like I said, I really enjoyed the the story stuff for Base Combat Seven. Mm. I just didn't like playing the game that much. So I'd be mm. curious to see what you think. Yeah,
1: about. no, I, I was curious enough to try it myself. So I won't be able to try out the VR currently, but you did no. that, didn't you? I can't. remember. I did. Yeah. It was, was that a bit was vomit right. inducing? Cause yeah, a little bit. Was, yeah,
0: bit of jank to that VR. But hey, okay. It we'll we'll,
1: tr- we'll try that at some point. But the game I've been playing, Matt, it will come as no surprise to you. For many of our listeners, it's Shenmue Three. I finished it. Oh wow! You beat it. I beat Shenmue Three. <gasps> I didn't even change the difficulty level or anything.
0: What did you? What, what do you feel now? Relief?
1: Um, I feel. I, I feel Sadness? satisfied. I feel like I finally um, experienced the whole of Shenmue Three. I'm all up to speed with the story. I felt it was a satisfying conclusion. And I guess despite all my criticisms of it over the over the months, I yeah. did overall enjoy the experience. And I still feel like there is nothing like a Shenmue game. And the fact that I guess I've been playing it for, what, how many years now? I 20... mean... Uh, it's not 20 years, is it?
0: I mean, probably. When did it come out? 99 or whatever? Dreamcast was around... 2000-ish. So, okay, yeah, yeah it's, about, about 20 it's about years.
1: 20 years of Shenmue, isn't it? Um Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, great. Now you can wait 12 years for the next one.
1: Yeah, I guess... I hope it comes sooner than that. But I really want to see it. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: I've heard Yu Suzuki talk about it. Even at the end of the game, there's a little statement from him saying that he was very much... We thanked everyone for the support and hopes very much to be able to make Shenmue 4. And he's come out in interviews as saying that, you know, he would like to do it. He'd make some changes to get it yeah. more in line with uh, more modern games. Because I think yeah. Shemu 3 was a little bit of a throwback to, you know, the, the first two. It, well, it introduced some controversial uh, elements also.
0: I mean, yeah, to be fair, though... I I I have also beaten Yakuza like a dragon, and I will say there is a point in time in that game that made me think, oh no, this is Shenmue where essentially isn't just that like, yeah, need... it's like you... not it a good thing if it's like Shenmue,
1: isn't it good? No, because
0: they were like, hey, you need three million yen. I was like, oh, I don't have three million. yen Oh shit. no, yeah,
1: yeah, that sounds like Shenmue three. Yeah. Oh, there might have been a bit of a blip there where I moved the table.
0: It's okay, Thomas. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> okay. Sorry.
0: This podcast is all about blips.
1: Ah, exactly. So, yes, uh, I really enjoyed it. I think the finale was... I, can't want... I don't want to say too much, obviously, because you will, I guess, eventually play it and our listeners might not have completed the game. So,
0: I, mean, I won't yeah, say too much.
1: It... There were a few surprises in that ending. Okay. And it has moved the story forward somewhat. But, yeah, yeah. maybe I would have expected it to move further than it had done, but... Yeah, you know, it was still okay. still satisfying. I really want to get the soundtrack. I think the music in Shenmue Three is fantastic. I think there is a soundtrack available now, or at least forthcoming. I think so.
0: I think I've seen it.
1: So my um the th- things I think are, the worst things about it are the quick time events. Right. Uh, they they are impossible to do first time round. So you will always have to repeat every quick time event. At least I did. I don't know if you if yeah. you've got reflexes, um, superhuman reflexes, and you may be able to do it. But I don't, I don't have know. that ability personally.
0: Unfortunately, the older I get, the the more quick time events bother me. Yes. Yeah. Feel my well. I, thankfully, I there aren't moved.
1: too many. There aren't yeah. too many in Shenmue 3 overall, and that that maybe they know that they are incredibly frustrating. But if they did know that, then they, why didn't they make them like the first two games? At well, least like uh, I said, doable.
0: I mean, we've talked about this, though, right? Because that is how they gate progression, right? It's, I guess if you are really good and really fast, you can do it first time. But for most normal people, it's supposed to be, a oh, this is an unwinnable thing. Or is that uh, just not perhaps. philosophy?
1: Uh, but then, then again, Caterine Dell... Go gone
0: I was going to say, a lot of that, though, sent you down a rabbit hole of having to play the game in a particular way, right? And then, like, adding time onto the story because you failed that quick-time event.
1: No, it's just you replay it after. It doesn't add much to the gameplay. It's just a frustration. It replays exact. If you fail it, you just do it again and again and oh, again. Oh,
0: okay. No, I was thinking more about the one you said... Oh, no, that was a battle, wasn't it? It wasn't a quick-time event where you lost to that guy and then you had to spend a lot of time training.
1: But that was part of the game. That that was yeah. that was always going to happen. You always oh, okay. lose to the guy. I I thought at the time that I was good enough to do it, but no. Even if I was good enough to do it, the game was always going to say no, you can't do it yet. Okay. So it wasn't the fact that, that, that I messed was... up a quick time event. It was the fact that I the thought game
0: wouldn't. That work. was a quick time event that like let, mm. you know one of those unwinnable quick time event kind of things, like an unwinnable battle in a JRPG where you're supposed to lose. I hmm. thought you that was a quick to, time yeah. event yeah but you yeah but I think to there is the a battle. quick time
1: event involved with that, but it's not because of that quick time event that I had to end up doing something else, just oh, the way okay. the game was designed.
0: okay, I misunderstood then that sucks if the quick time events are just making you fail, then I don't know that... I hate having to learn quick time event sequences.
1: Hmm. Well, oh, yeah Some there's a might... bit at the end uh where you face three opponents and they do a little bit it's a little bit of a cut scene, and then they attack you and then you do the uh, press eight one button, just one button, okay? And then the next person does a cut scene, attacks you, you press one button. So if you fail any of these, if you fail the third one that attacks you, you have to go right you back the to the first screen, one yeah. and watch yeah. that whole play, thing play out again to only press one button. Does it still do the... sound when you have to press the button? I don't know if it does, actually. I can't, I can't recall.
0: Now, no, I want to I say something
1: know. positive about it now. Okay, right, so okay. quick time events, not very good. Okay, Rio having to eat all the time, not very good. Um, yeah. Not very creative um, activities to do sometimes, always going from A to B, going around in circles just to pad out time, yeah. having to collect large amounts of money to progress. Okay, but I think we touched on it last time. Shemu is a game where you live in a real world. As, you know, You play every day as it plays out. You know, yeah. day after day, you, you always wake up, you always go up to bed, you do routines. That's all part of the Shenmue experience, in a, trying to make it more like real life. And uh, that I didn't realise until recently, but that is incredibly important for Shenmue. Right, and that makes it, you know, really gives it that Shenmue ness, I suppose.
0: Shenmue so that Shenmue Moon. So that's actually a
1: good thing about it. It's a good thing about that you live in this living, breathing world where days pass, time passes, and you feel a connection to the characters within that world because you see them on a daily basis. For example, Shenhua, who you talk to every day, by the end yeah. of the game, you know, you really care about that, that character. And you are thrust into a situation. Where uh no, I don't wanna say, I don't wanna say, okay, Where you're caring for that character becomes right. more important
0: okay yeah i i think vaguely i can I can figure out what you're talking about if you've played Shenmu
1: it... one, you might have an idea how Shenmue three might play out at the end,
0: right, okay, <laughs> oh no, i don't wanna I don't wanna think about that Tom
1: I don't wanna think about it, um. But it, it doesn't come as much of a surprise. There is there is a twist at the end, which I did not see coming, uh, which was yeah. quite interesting and definitely will be a point uh, in Shenmue 4 should they uh, be able to continue the series, which I, I do hope happens. Yeah. But if you want to watch all this, uh, I have a whole playthrough on the Blast Process YouTube channel. Uh, nine, mm, there's 21 videos in total. Some yeah. are up to two hours long, some are an hour long, some half an hour long, a couple of them at least. Maybe if Matt Boyle's logged in as me on on the PlayStation, then some might be half an hour long, and then they can continue in another video. Oh,
0: man, I'm sorry if that's a thing. I need to just turn the camera off.
1: I think it happened twice, which it wasn't a major issue. just meant I had to make one more thumbnail than I normally would have done.
0: Sorry, mate. I apologise.
1: Quite all right. Um, but yeah, if you're interested at all in seeing it, the last video is clearly uh, marked, so if you don't want to see the end, don't watch the final chapter, episode 19. Yeah. Uh, about halfway through that video, the, the whole ending sequence of the game plays out, so maybe, okay. maybe save that one. But if you're in- interested you want to dip in and see what the game's like, then there's plenty of videos available on Blast Process uh, YouTube channel.
0: I cannot believe that you've beaten a video game. I can't. It, don't, it only took me just over time. a
1: year to do so. Yeah,
0: I know, but I can't remember the last time you beat a video
1: game. Well, no, I can't. Tomb Raider it says.
0: I mean, yeah, <laughs> but that that was like four years ago.
1: Um, it's testament to the power of Shenmue. Okay,
0: interesting very interesting
1: and especially since it has its frustrations as well and i still completed it i never gave up because i care so much about that story and those characters and that world and that series of games that had to see it through to the end and i did enjoy it i thought it overall it was a a good experience okay so that's that's a glowing recommendation from me kind of kind of glowing recommendation
0: what I, what, right then, what I need to know and what I need to kind of preface for newer listeners is Tom Parry has a review scale um, that has generally been oh, here we go. something that I've known for a long, long time whenever he watches a film. It generally doesn't apply to video games that much because he never really beats them. Generally speaking, a good film or whatever in Tom Parry's eyes is a 7 yeah is, Shen- is Shenmue is Shen three a seven is it an eight or is it a six that's right seven I seven
1: point five
0: okay right then so like for 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 your average Joe out there like a seven's like a three three out of five stars in Tom Parry's eyes, so he's saying it's slightly better than good,
1: but if you love Shenmue, then it's gonna bump it up if i was being you know like about the gameplay, purely about the gameplay, 7.5. I might yeah. bump it up to an 8 because I like Shenmue yeah. so much. So if you really like the franchise, then you know what? Now I'm wondering whether my score should be lower for those who have never played Shenmue before. Hmm. No, no. 7.5. I'm sticking with it. 7.5. 7.5. Okay.
0: Uh, for so- your
1: average average guy, if you have a real love for Shenmue, then you can bump that up to an 8.
0: Okay, fair enough. Thank you. Wow. For and then, then I'd have to say that
1: Shenmue 1 was like a 9. Okay. And Shenmue 2 was probably an 8.
0: Okay. So what I'm seeing here, Tom Parry, is diminishing returns on Shenmue.
1: Unfortunately, yes, but <laughs> it has got nicer visuals, I suppose it's got some weird animations in places you will notice when rio uh runs down or up any stairs if you see it from a certain angle yeah. there's something weird going on there <laughs> <laughs> really okay. there's, there's a fluidity that isn't quite there in some of the animations i would say
0: <laughs> i i think that's also true for yakuza though there are yeah. there are some weirdly right how does the hair look in shenmue <laughs> Wow, Something pretty I'm like noticing. it's moulded
1: out of uh, plasticine, sort of like...
0: Yeah, it's, it's kind of what they, it looks like in Yakuza, even though we're on the seventh <laughs> iteration of the game. But Ichi all the Chibata characters look like amazing. that in Shenmue.
1: Uh, a lot of them are caricatures. The ones that aren't Ryo or Shenhua or, or Ren, a lot yeah. of the um, other characters have got either elongated heads or big chubby cheeks or giant noses. You know, yeah. it's, it's obviously a style stylistic thing in Shenmue. Yeah, that seems to have got a little bit more exaggerated in Shenmue Three somehow. (laughs) Okay, well, I
0: mean, I guess it's them kind of like drawing off their ambition of what they were trying to do, right? And going, "Hey, these are the things I really liked when making Shenmue. Let's let's beef them out and make them a thing rather than perhaps it just being Dreamcast graphics." Yeah, Yeah, no, it really bothers me. Like uh, some of the some of your actual party characters in Yakuza have got like weird hair, and I'm like. Spend all this time, like, Ichiban looks amazing. Like, his well, hair his looks hair totally is part fine. Of his character, Yeah, Yeah, but I mean, like, just do that for everyone. Just take that time and detail, but maybe they can't, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, yeah let's talk as, as about I mentioned, it. I, have, I have beaten uh, Yakuza 7 Like a Dragon, uh, the Japanese title of Between Light and Shadow, or whatever it was, with Ryo ga Gotoku 7. 7 no god brain nana i did this last week i should know my japanese numbers better than this i beat it nana um, yes
1: or uh, or shiji or it it would be nana
0: tom in this in case, this case. A, a number, what when is yeah.
1: it shiji matt it's shichi
0: when it's time and certain counters use shichi oh that's right speaking unless that's... you're counting things tom in oh no actually then it's still nanatsu that's a japanese lesson for everybody out there seven the number of this podcast is nah, nah. seven yeah anyways uh i beat it um i i've had highs and lows with this game if i'm being totally honest um i while we were when we were talking about shenmue and like your ratings of shenmue I started to make a little table of my number of like Shenmue's and where I would place Shenmue 7. And Shenmue,
1: you mean Yakuza?
0: I do mean Yakuza. Sorry, I'm probably <laughs> going to do this all podcast. I'm a bit out of sorts today. I, I did my ratings of Yakuza and I was like, well, okay, where does this fall on my on my Yakuza scale? And I think it's firmly in the middle. I would say it's better than six, but I do not think it reaches the high highs of zero and four and maybe even two. They're saying that playing two again through Koami maybe makes me think it's probably better than two, but wow, now this is it, a bit of a
1: turnaround from last week where you really weren't sure about the game.
0: Yeah, right then. So I I've had I've had highs and lows with the game, if I'm being totally honest. And a lot of that was because it started very strong, then the middle, like, the, the, the second act started very strangely and it introduced a lot of new characters, which I was like, okay, you you get bonds to those characters, you figure out who they are, and then it ramps up again, but some of that stuff in the middle of Act 2 and the start of Act 2 just doesn't really make any sense from a storytelling perspective. And someone says something to be like, oh, I guess that makes sense. And I'm like, mm, no, if you're having to say, I guess that makes sense to like explain away this bigger plot point. Then I don't think you've done a good job. It's kind of, I kind of had a similar moment to the moment I had while watching episode eight of Star Wars, in that. Sorry, spo- spoilers for um, what the hell is the eight, the, the the last middle, Jedi? Last Jedi, thank you. Spoilers yeah. for the Last Jedi. <laughs> um, you know how throughout that entire film, Poe is on that ship and he's trying to do a rebellion against the, the captain lady. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out she her. was just, yes, she was just running for time. Like was the whole thing. And like, they didn't introduce that as a suspenseful thing of like, we need to get to this point. It was seen that she was just being a bitch to everyone on the ship, but it turns yeah. out she actually had like, there was a reason why she was doing yeah. it. It just wasn't explained. And it was really cackhandedly candidly done. Hmm. I feel that there's an element of that to one of the storylines in Yakuza 7. Mm -hmm. And it it really bothered me at the time. And I do think some of the story elements aren't as great as they have been in past Yakuza games. And a lot of it is very, very much coincidences that could make a very interesting story... But are also super, super, super unlikely and kind of undercut the realism of that world a little bit. Because uh, as we talked about many times in this podcast before, like Yakuza has ridiculous stuff going on. And like you have summons which are called Poundmates, which you call on your phone. And it's meant to be like slightly sexual because at the start you think it's a dating app and you're like oh pound mates and then it turns that, out that sounds really up.
1: dirty. Yeah, but it, pound. It's meant to be what does that mean? P- What's the re- significance there? Beating
0: that? the shit out of someone in this sense, like you know. But okay. it, yeah, yeah. It, it, hey man, like I've said, it's kind of cack handed with some of the stuff it does. Anyway, these summons are ridiculous. Like, there's one that's a cat that turns into a tiger and does a super kitty punch. And so much so that I started just summoning stuff in random battles so my wife could see how ridiculous they were. And she was like, this is such a weird game. Ah, and so like, this yeah, is like the is. crab
1: you've seen in a lot of the trailers. Yes. The crab?
0: Yeah, it's a crawfish. Thank uh, you sorry. Very much, Tom Parry.
1: Apologies. Um,
0: yes, um, it is a crawfish that poisons everybody Oh, I've forgotten. I've forgotten its name. I know it's something Chan. It's a girl. Anyway, there's the ridiculous element to Yakuza, but essentially speaking, like out of side stories and some weird stuff going on. Generally speaking, the story itself is very straight laced and very serious and very like melodrama. Mm-hmm. And while this does like tap into that more soap opera kind of feel for our. Ri- like ridiculously far-fetched. The main premise of the story is: I ended up after a long time, kind of really getting into the combat system, though I'm not sure if that is because I played it so much that I got used to it and found out to exploit it, because I I very much did, or if I actually genuinely enjoyed it. I think with something like a Persona Five. I loved that combat system from the off I, I played that game in spite of my in spite of loving the characters and in spite of like liking the story in some respects that also has this weird like plot twist in the middle of it that's like oh come on this is such bullshit like why do you need to do something this ridiculous to move the story along and that happens a lot but I genuinely was playing Persona 5 primarily because I enjoyed the combat so much yeah there were two cases in this game, which are supposedly references to Dragon Quest, but I've seen a lot of other reviewers drag them as well, where the difficulty just spikes. Like there are there are two main points in the game where I had I breezed through the combat. Like I said, I'd gotten used to it, and in some cases, I was kind of bored of fighting because I was like, oh, well, I'm gonna. I'm going to have this character do this divine shot... ...which is going to knock down all the enemies... ...then I'm going to have my idol lady cast a spell to confuse everyone... ...then I'm going to have Ichiban swing his bat... ...and then I'm going to have my heavy dude do a, a group attack... ...and it'll kill everyone, and that'll be the combat. And that's generally what I did rinse and repeat for a lot of the battles. It wasn't until I got to this point, which is around Chapter 12... After they've made you do this ridiculous... Hey, you need 3 million. Which, to be fair... Had I played some of the mini-games... I would have probably accrued by that point... But I hadn't. And so I'd gone from having to get... 3 million very fast... Which meant me doing a lot of side quests. Then I got to this point in the game... Where I went through an entire dungeon... And all of the enemies in the dungeon... Were like level 30 something... Like 32, 33 and i was level 32 33 i was like okay i'm on i'm on track here level wise kicked everyone's asses i had no problem with the combat and then there was a boss that was suddenly level 50 and it absolutely wiped the floor with me wow. and like i it made me learn a lot about that combat system because i was able to do the fight up to a certain point, like a halfway mark, where it really kicks up the difficulty, yeah, and then I had to go and grind um in a battle arena which which was almost just as strange as that, because there were level fifty enemies in the battle arena that I was able to kill very quickly, and I learned then that the levels they assign to characters aren't necessarily that character's level. It's really it's mm. it's really cack handedly done, and i I was going through this battle arena and going through the motions, listening to a podcast, just like doing this same re- rinse repeat action of like shot charm, smash smash, over and over again until I cleared all these floors and I leveled up. And I was like, I'm not having fun doing this. This this feels like a chore. And then I I got to a point after that, which I think... I sent you a screenshot of, but I'm not going to yes, say what yes, that battle did, yeah. was. And that battle was very challenging. But I felt, because I had done all of this grinding and stuff, that I got a really good grasp of the combat system then. And I was like, oh, actually, there is some depth to this that I wasn't really aware of, and the game isn't very good at explaining. And then I looked again, because I was like, right, I'm going on the final bit of this game. Am I appropriately leveled for this? And the first thing, the IGN guide, was just like, you need to be at least level 60 for this last fight. And I'm like, I'm level 50. Like, okay, I guess I'll go and grind. And so I did, and I found a rhythm for grinding and exploiting the XP system, and I got to, like, level 75. And I was like, right, okay, I'm just going to breeze these last battles now. Fuck it, I just want to see the end. Yeah. I I did, but there are some bullshit things on the last boss of that game, where it one hit kills you, and if Ichiban gets killed, it's game over. So like there is just I had to do that fight like two or three times. It's a pretty long fight, hmm. just because even though I was guarding, unless you are perfectly timed to the guard, which sometimes I'm not because my controller has weird sync issues. I would just die and have to restart the whole fight over again and do, like, a 20-minute fight. So there's wow, definitely... and I was
1: moaning about doing quick-time events numerous times.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it, it's a bit bonkers. And I do think, at its core, like I said, there is something there with the mechanics of that battle system that are cool. And I'm very curious to see what they will do with it in the next one. Because yeah. mark my words, Tom Parry, there's definitely going to be a next one in this style. It sets it up at the end. And it is going to be, as you mentioned last week, probably in this same RPG style, I would imagine. But I I beat it. I was like, okay, actually, this story was Okay much like every other Yakuza game, it doesn't really stick the ending that well. And there's another one of these weird coincidence things as part of that story that I'm like, oh, fuck off, really? Like, that's why you introduced this character to do this?
1: Okay, this is dumb. Oh, but that, that's over... interesting as well. Yeah. Made me think of Shenmue slightly. Okay. I don't know, I didn't know if it was a dumb move, but they introduced a character to do a certain thing, and it wasn't clear until the oh, very mate. end yeah
0: i will tell i will tell you off the mic what it is cuz okay. it's is like don't get me wrong right the plot point that i've been talking about this like really unlikely and melodramatic is at least plausible this thing they do to like justify the story at the end is just like straight out of a comic book and it just feels really jarring in that world it's like okay. there's no need for it that right, way. Right. Okay. One yeah, thing I'll really say dumb. about
1: Shenmue is it's at least true to its uh, roots. You know, it never does feel like it's strayed too far in terms of its story, which is I th- know, quite quite accomplished. I th- I would say. I
0: mean, yeah, for sure, and I I do think there are there are elements to this game where it rests on its laurels a little bit and kind of explains some stuff away with a wave of a hand that I'm not really used to seeing in yakuza games hmm. and it had kind of got it had got me worried like when I was talking to you last week that I didn't think they would be able to tie all of this stuff back together and the stuff i was worried about last week they really did but then they just they do they there's like one or two things in the plot that just like derails the plot for like a chapter. That just yeah. feel really out of place. Okay. Which is a, which is a shame because it's a blemish on what could have been in the top three Yakuza games in my eyes. It's really good. I'm really curious to see what they do with it. But uh, I don't know. There's some stuff in it that's an absolute chore. Like, I was trying to mop up the achievements yesterday because, believe it or not, in this game, finally, you can actually get all the achievements from the of things on one playthrough. You don't have to, like, play it through on the insane difficulty.
1: Okay. That but sounds there's good. A,
0: there's a kart racing mini game that's, like, got it's not good it's like a free cart racer like it, it kind of feels a bit like coffin dodgers okay but or like there's... that
1: kart racing thing sonic adventure 2 if you remember that yes that wasn't i do very good
0: <laughs> no but it, it's it's all right it's it's playable for sure and there's some interesting power-ups but it's not it's not something i really want to sink a lot of time into but i need to for an achievement And there's also a business management simulator, which is really poorly explained, so much so that I had to spend, like, an hour watching YouTube videos to finally grasp what I should be doing. Mm. And it just feels like a bit of a chore. I spent two hours doing it yesterday. I'm still not through that minigame. And I'm like, ah, do I?" Uh I... I literally was just putting on a podcast, doing, like... Clicking a few buttons, then holding down R two for the the day of my business to go by faster. It wasn't really that enjoyable, and that's no,
1: that doesn't sound good. No, I don't think I also... would go to that extent. No,
0: and I'm I, the thing that really broke me is you know in Dragon Quest, there's like puff puff girls, they're called, which is kind of like a it's insinuated in Dragon Quest that like your hero can get a massage. Oh, okay, and get yeah, in full right, I get you. Um, and so there's a there's a a riff on that in Yakuza Seven called Hong Kong, <laughs> but the the people will randomly appear, and like I mean randomly appear mm-hmm. in certain spots, and every time you get in a taxi, it'll like refresh their chances. I did it thirty seven times before one of them appeared yesterday, and that was like. Forty minutes of my life, and I was like, "Why the fuck am I doing this? Fuck this!" So, so you can get some Hong Kong, exactly. So I could get an achievement. <laughs> I was just like, "I, I don't care. I'm, I'm past this." And so I, I started playing another game today because I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'll mop this stuff up over time. I'm not just gonna keep doing this." Right? It's yeah. A bit Absurd.
1: I do have the option now to go back to Shenmu Three, and you can actually return to either the first half of the game in Bailu Village or the second half yeah. in. Um, in the city and there you can you know collect all the capsule toys you might have missed or yeah. get achievements like have so much money at any one time yeah uh, so the game does allow you without having to restart to go back and to do that so that's yeah. nice it does, at least it
0: does that with the yakuza too. you unlock yeah. um after beating the game a premium adventure mode it's called yeah in which you thing. can up the difficulty if you want to but also it lets you go to... There's a a big final dungeon at the end of the game that you can do. And also some stuff that was previously unavailable to you is unlocked. So you can do some stuff after the game's finished, which is nice. But I just always make a save state before the end. Yeah, game, so I've also got do.
1: several save states on the Shenmue as well. So it's not so yeah. much of a, a thing for me. But I have picked up the DLC for it. So that was half price in the recent PlayStation sale. And so, Black £6 pounds for all the DLC, down from 12 Yeah.
0: Okay, that's all right. I didn't realise there was that much DLC for it, to be honest.
1: Well, with. there's a story bit, and then there's a bit where this big boat comes into Niawu, which is a, a sort of like an arcade boat. You know, like right. the arcades in Shenmue, there's like a big boat where yeah. you can play games and stuff. I don't know how it differs from the arcades already in the game. And then the other one is, I think, called Battle Rally or something. It looks like a race right. thing. Okay. In uh, in Bailu Village, uh, where you can play different characters and race. Now, I, I I could be wrong about that, but from what I've seen, the, the images That's that I've seen of it, like. it looks to be like a, a racing game. Probably tapping okay. a button, isn't it? It's probably like a track and field.
0: Probably. It won't be what very exciting. Ar-
1: what are the arcade games in
0: Shenmue 3?
1: Well... Yeah, good question. They're not like Sega ones. You see posters for Virtua Fighter around and about. There's a, a version of Virtua Fighter starring this mascot character, I think, called Chobu-chan. And uh, that's not very good. It's very no. basic. Um, it's not, yeah, not much of anything, really. There's some older style arcade machines in Bailu Village, which are based upon really old uh, mechanical uh, arcade experiences not video games so much but some, yeah. some mechanical games that you play um i wouldn't say there's anything stand out there's whack-a-mole you can do that
0: okay yeah i was just i was wondering if there was like hang on and outrun these actual use no like uses no of no, the no, games. no i don't they okay.
1: They haven't got the license, I think, to feature the games, but they can feature... For example, there's a warehouse in the game that has Virtua Fighter graffitied on the wall, you know, the logo. You you do see a lot of references to Virtua Fighter around and about, but that seems to be the only thing. I don't think there's references to anything like Space Harrier or Hang-On or Outrun or anything like that in the game. It seems to be all Virtua Fighter, so they've got that one license and they use it throughout.
0: Okay, makes sense.
1: Yes, so interesting. that's probably, you know, I would probably uh, come back to subjective subject of Shenmue 3 after playing some of the uh, DLC, but uh, for now, you know, there may be a little less of it in the podcast, because this podcast has been wow. uh, all about Yakuza and Shenmue so far.
0: Well, I mean, to be fair, there is still a Yakuza game that I have not yet beaten um, in... Um, crap, I've, got, I've even forgotten what it's called. The one that's not Ishin, the one that's in Japan. Oh God, why can't I remember the name? Oh, of this I game? don't know.
1: Sorry, you're the expert, but, Matt. I'm not sure on that one.
0: Um, there's another, there's another Yakuza, Samurai game. I can't remember what it's called.
1: Okay, and that's on PS3, is it?
0: Yeah, it's on PS3 and PS4. I have it on PS3, but I've actually yeah. recently been thinking of importing it for the PS4 because obvious reasons. Be a bit better. The PS4, on PS4 is four. set up under my TV, so. Yeah.
1: Oh well, never mind. That's how it is. Have you been no.
0: playing anything else? Bought anything else before I talk about the other game that I've been playing?
1: I feel like I have. Uh, I've been playing a bit of uh, 007 Bloodstone. Did I, call, did I mention this? Previously? No, you didn't.
0: Oh okay, no, Ishin so... is the one I was thinking of. Sorry. Ishin. Ishin is the one I haven't played. Kenzan is the other ah, one okay. that I
1: have. Um, yeah, so a bit of Double Seven Bloodstone. Which I know I think I did mention because I talked about how it was similar to um, Uncharted. Oh, yes, you did mention this a little bit, yeah. Oh, okay, so I've got no more really to add other than you know it does seem like a game that isn't too long and has a sort of streamlined Uncharted style cover shooter gameplay uh, with little racing bits, well, driving bits, shall I say. And I just recommend it, I think it's a really good pick up and play action game if you want to just do some shooting and feel like James Bond. It, it did that very well. Uh, it's set in...
0: Uh, it's Daniel Craig Bond, It's Daniel right?
1: Craig. It's an original story uh, set in the Daniel Craig world of Bond. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I,
0: I, I've been long being curious about that game, but I I suspected, I like most Bond games as of late, that it would be very much a B-tier game.
1: Well, it's a third-person action game. Um, and yeah, the only thing I just felt like, it was like... Uncharted. That's okay. the most closest comparison I can make with any other game. And it's nice and short. It, it's very, uh, yeah, very accessible in that way.
0: Fair enough. Did you uh, have you heard the news about IO Interactive uh, working on a Bond game?
1: Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, the Hitmen. Hitmen. Yes, people. Hit- the Hitman people. The, the Hitman studio. That'd be a great yes. name for a studio. The Hitmen. The Hitmen. Yeah. They make it hits. They already exist.
0: Oh oh, yeah, but they're also assassins.
1: <laughs> yeah, there <you> go. <laughs> Cool, that should yeah. be nice. This one was made by Bizarre Creations, did you know? So the driving's oh, really? really good. Yeah, And oh, okay. Stone. And, and you know, the shooting works in a sort of functional, sort of streamlined way.
0: Yeah. Is that the last game that Bizarre Creations made? I think then? it might have been
1: the, the one, yeah. It was a big game oh. and a, a bit of a change for them, I think, uh, considering what they'd made recently. I don't know if they did more sort of those sort of games before they got into Project Gotham, but I think they're Well. Sure if, Metropolis Street Race or Project Gotham.
0: For me it's like they are Project Gotham and Geometry Wars, like that, Ah Geometry is, Wars, yeah. 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 That's
1: right. British that, studio, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're British. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um well then I'll talk about the other game I've been playing. I've mm-hmm. played about two hours of it. Um You know when you play a video game, when you pop in a video game, and you get the unmistakable feeling that, like, hmm, I'm playing something special. Oh, you know, like when you get that feeling, you're like, oh, this is this is a bit different to anything I've ever played before. Shenmue, get that little itch. (laughs) Um, that is how I feel about uh, 13 Sentinels: Aegis Rim. I as people now i I talked about it a little bit on the podcast last week at least that i i picked it up it's a game by vanillaware uh previously of odin's sphere and dragon's crown and it is a mix of visual novel and rts and it is a very very interesting game um It starts with you, so I've only done the prologue, I should preface, Uh, it starts with you in this prologue, and pretty much what you do in this prologue is you get introduced to characters, and all, all that's really happened so far is every character I've been has either been in a different year... And then you see them go across these years. So there's definitely an element of time travel involved in this story. But a lot of what the characters are doing... Seems to... Seems to be around kind of what their interests are. Right. Like, and that's kind of where the story is taking all of them. So they, the first guy you meet... Is super into like Mecha and Kaiju... And that is kind of one of the main premises of this game, is that the RTS parts are you in a giant mech fighting kaiju. And when I say that, you you will be thinking, oh, wow, you get to go in a big 3D environment. No, it's, it's really stripped back. It, it, I've heard someone else describe it on another podcast as almost like Geometry Wars... And I can't think of a better comparison, so I'm gonna use the one they did on the besties. That it's a very it's a top down view of a map. Everything is very abstract. You are clearly in a cityscape and the way you move is through the streets of the city in these giant robots. And you are killing enemies. There are some flying ones, there are some ground ones, and essentially what you're doing is protecting this core. That like if the enemies get to and they blow up the core, the mission's over. Is
1: that in sort of real time or?
0: Yeah, it's a real-time strategy element yeah. to right? it, but it's not like oh, I can only move six squares. It isn't a Final Fantasy no, tactics, tactics kind of thing. It's more, it's almost more tower defense. It's mm. like a really accessible RTS, almost kind of it, it's turn-based as well. So it's, it almost just feels like you're playing an RPG to some respects. Oh, God, this is a really hard game to. Is play that the core is.
1: gameplay? That that is the the core... That is the gameplay and the rest is reading. No. Right. So
0: that is the core gameplay. Like I said, you are in these giant robots fighting kaiju and other stuff, is all I will really say. And then the story things, the visual novel aspect of it, is you in in an environment, side-scrolling...
1: Well, I mean, it's fixed, but you can move like, a vanilla, right. game, like, like a vanilla game, like a vanilla
0: game like Odin Sphere or Dragon's Crown. And generally, what you do is you walk around those environments and you interact with people and objects, and it almost feels It, it toes the line between visual novel and adventure game. Hmm.
1: Is it a bit like um, F- Friends of Ringo Ishikawa?
0: Yes.
1: It's not, not open world, then, or
0: no? It isn't open world. It, no, okay. It, it definitely it, there are definitely vibes of Ringo Ishikawa because it's set in a high school. Yeah, but,
1: that's what I was thinking. Yeah,
0: yeah, but it it's not that. It it's very much more of a like I said, um, the nonary games like Nine Nine Nine, Virtue's Last Reward, this kind of you interact with people and depending on the conversations you have with people and the items in the environment, Mm -hmm. you will then be able to talk to them and they will give you different answers. Mm -hmm. And it's all very beautifully animated. There's there, there is some weird like vanilla where kind of like, Hey, these, these are sexy anime ladies things going on. And there's definitely a teacher who's, who's very well endowed in the chest area, like immediately. Because nice. that's what you expect from those games. <laughs> and but it, oh. at the same time, they're not
1: overtly. They're not sexual. Over,
0: overtly sexual in the way because, that uh, Vanilla I think, uh, are.
1: What was it? Dragon's, Dragon's Crown. Dragon's Crown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that was uh, a little OTT, I guess. Yeah. And, and some people really did not, you know, like that about it.
0: No. Yeah. And it, it skews back more towards Odin's sphere. Like there's a delicacy, and almost, a, yeah. almost every scene that I've seen, be that like the inside of a high school, or a a a, a destroyed city, has this painterly quality to it. Sure, it is yeah. absolutely mm, gorgeous.
1: Like pa- so every scene's like a painting.
0: Every scene is like one of the best paintings you've ever seen. It is truly. Truly, I think that's that's what at. you
1: want out of that's what you expect, isn't it, from a vanillaware game? That's become yeah. their trademark. But I mean, I I
0: have played a bit of Dragon Crown, Dragon's mm. Crown. Admittedly, that was on a Vita, so it wasn't the best screen. And I played yeah. a bit of Warden's Sphere on the PS2.
1: PS2, yes, but it was like, also probably re-released it, on something, maybe PS3.
0: Yeah, and no, it came out on PS4. Oh, well. did it? Okay, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. but this is like this is vanilla where dialed up to 11 in terms of visuals i've not seen a the game. lighting
1: looks very nice in it oh, man it's so yeah. it's so
0: pretty um yeah but like, as i said big tangent to say like so there's a guy obsessed with kaiju and mecha and then it turns out that you are piloting a mecha and then there's another girl called nachan who is really into UFOs and conspiracy theories and she finds an alien and then there's a guy who maybe comes from another dimension like there's all this stuff piling up and it's really really intriguing because you are seeing these characters interact in different times like originally... One of the characters is from 1944, in the middle of the war, and so a lot of his dialogue is like, oh, well, if I can get this mech back to my time, then I can stop Hiroshima, and all of these things that I know happen. And there's one character from the 80s who's like a rough-and-tumble girl who's like the head of a gang, and so when she's in a mech, she's really aggressive because she's trying to protect her friends and family and everything there's a lot going on and i it's all interplaced with like people from the future and people from other dimensions and it's just like time after time it just it lays a really really interesting story down hmm. that admittedly is relying on tropes and relying on your like for the for the Mecha guy in some of the combat stuff, there's clear that drawing from Evangelion. Yeah, and then I was going to ask the... that question
1: because it sounds a lot like uh, Evangelion. Yeah,
0: yeah. So there's there's definitely an Eva spin to it for yeah. that for like two or three characters, and they're even like, oh, this character's unstable, and I'm like, yeah, of course he is because he's Shinji. Shinji.
1: Um,
0: so there's that. He mustn't run away. It. No, he mustn't run away, Tom. <laughs> um. There's that. Then there's like the the girl who's obsessed with UFOs. The world that she sees is very much like War of the Worlds. Right. In that there are like giant like the like the the octopus things from War of the Worlds yeah. walking around on the big legs. And then there's a girl who's kind of obsessed with um like romance and anime and she interacts with God, I I don't even remember what to say. It's in the prologue. It's in the first hour of the game. A talking cat, and like the cat has a contract for her, very much in the same way that cats often do in Japanese anime based on folklore. Right? It's drawing on all of these things, and it's just like it's like spraying you with, like, really interesting narrative. And you're like, oh, my God. It's funny.
1: You you mentioned cat, and then you mentioned spraying, and all I can picture is a cat spraying.
0: No, the cat cat is not spraying on me. (laughs) Fortunately, it's not that kind of game. It's just so interesting. There's just so much going on. And you can tell through the prologue. Like, the prologue will give you an introduction sequence to a character, and so you will learn who they are and... Kind of what so there's a few into... different
1: characters. You mentioned what what three?
0: Oh. I have at least played uh, seven different characters okay, so far, so and there are thirteen. Are there? There are thirteen. There are there? There are 13 yes, okay, Even that's... though yeah. it confused me at the start because some of their some of their mechs are like um, Sentinel Twenty Two, and I'm like, Well I'm gonna do all the rest of them, and I guess I guess I'll find out, Tom. Yeah, but. There are 13 characters of which you play from. I haven't done a lot of their introductions. Some of them have been introduced and are very much like anime trope characters. Like there's a smooth, rich guy. And like I said, there's a guy who's obsessed with kaiju. There's variation
1: in the characters, you know. There are, Each one feels definitely. unique, yeah.
0: Yeah, though visually some of them look very similar. Oh, okay. In a way that at the moment, I, I've heard that they they change their appearance as the game goes on, but at the moment, like, when they are piloting their mechs and they're not wearing their outfits, because of course they're piloting naked, because
1: it's a bit of oh, a yeah, game. Right, not yeah. The... Yeah. I'm not so surprised.
0: <laughs> no, exactly, but they're in their cockpits, and their cockpits kind of look a bit like the Codex or Metal Gear, so they're all like. It's a it's a body shot of the person. and Obviously, yeah. they're they're obscured by the mech mm-hmm. from the camera view. But it's all like monotone. It's all like blue hues, and so it's very hard. Then, when characters are Little in these similar. cockpits, yeah. they look very similar because they're all in that vanilla West style. And they're all
1: school kids. The moment. As that...
0: far as I know,
1: okay, right.
0: There are some who are definitely school kids. At the end of the prologue, it's also revealed to you that the school kids that you meet at the start of the game aren't necessarily from 1985 and maybe from 2024. Like, there's lots of stuff going on, Tom. And so I did that prologue, and then once that prologue is done, you get a a thing saying like, hey, how do you want your RTS to be? Do you want it to be like normal? Do you want it to be casual? Which I immediately did because I'm <laughs> shit at RTS games. Um, it's like, right, great, cool. There are now three modes available to you. There is Remembrance, which is the story. There is Destruction, which is the mech combat. And then there is also a mode called Analysis, and I I know you haven't, but people who have played the nonary game stuff, the pre-mentioned 999, they they do a thing in that game where essentially the visual novel stuff requires you to backtrack and replay certain scenes with certain knowledge that your character couldn't have possibly had at that time. Yeah. And the, the analysis sheet is essentially all 13 characters and a chronological timeline... Of the stuff they have experienced. Uh. And you can use that... To view what they talked about... And which characters were in those scenes. And I'm assuming then... Through Remembrance... You can replay those scenes... And go well this character... And this character interactive here... Because of all this time travel stuff... I now know... I don't know... I'm just going to pull something out of my ass Because I haven't done it yet. Um, I now know... What is on the videotape... That right. this character has... So I'm going to replay this scene and I'm going to specifically mention the videotape. Okay, and I'll yeah, get interesting, a different yeah. response mm. and then I'll move the, move the story along or reveal something about that other character's past yeah. that I can then go into and replay that.
1: It's a video of a girl crawling out of a well with long black hair covering her face. It's, it,
0: exactly, don't watch <laughs> it, Tom. If someone, if someone lends it to you and says it's really good, uh, don't watch it. Don't watch it. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on with this game. But honestly, like, I, I, I have heard, and I, I told you this last week, I've heard whispers of it as, like, this year's near Automata. Mm. And I can see why.
1: Because it's got I, similar elements.
0: It has definitely mm. got similar elements in, like, how the game flips around and does all this stuff, and I think it's a really, it's a really interesting approach to a visual novel. Like I said, it it almost takes it into a an adventure game like a point and click because of Okay. When you hear words I should mention as well. Like when you when you interact with an object in the scenery or whatever, it gets added to your word cloud or your thought cloud and you press triangle and like you can then click on it to see what it is in the same way that you would investigate items in like Monkey Island or whatever. But then, like I said, those then spark different chains of conversations, and some of those thoughts in your brain are permanent things. So, for example, the girl who is into UFOs will always have War of the Worlds in her head. And so you can use that then when conversing with other characters to get their opinion on War of the Worlds, which might unlock another thought based on that. Whoa! a so really, really, really it sounds really complicated when you have to explain it to someone on a podcast like this but it is surprisingly really intuitive in a way that I did not expect it to be let's see as I start getting into time jumping and doing all of this analysis stuff if I need to revoke that a little bit because I could see it getting very confusing but generally Mm -hmm. speaking I've heard people say that this is a very good game and I, I feel it already I just hope they can stick the landing on some of the things that they're trying to do, and that it'll all make some kind of sense at the end.
1: Yeah, it's received very good reviews, hasn't it? And uh, it's something unique, for sure.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it. I. I like a good visual novel. We know this. I've played. Mm. I've played the Honorary Games. I've played all the Danganrompas. Like, I'm not averse to a visual novel. But there, there have been some I have tried to play this year, like Our World Has Ended and one or two of the uh, Fate games and the Steinsgate games, and they never really stuck with me. This one seems to be doing something new to that genre, and I don't think it's something that people are going to be able to follow up, but much like a Doki Doki Literature Club, if you remember me mentioning yeah. that game...
1: I've played a little. I,
0: I think that it is going to push visual novels and the idea of what visual novels can be and can do in a, in a very interesting direction.
1: Sounds, that I, I'm sounds promising. More it. Yeah. I'm excited to play more
0: of it. I'm excited to play more of it. It's been very good so far.
1: So that's definitely one to, to check out if you like those sorts of games.
0: Exactly. Tom Parry, I can tell you I can tell you now, other than appreciating the visuals, this is the most un Tom Parry game I have ever played.
1: Absolutely, and I knew that. I,
0: I know I know you knew that, but like I'm just I'm just affirming to you, just in case I come back on this podcast next week and go, Oh my god, this is the best game I've ever played.
1: It's not it does... a game for me, and it won't be a game for everyone, but the, yeah, for those who like that it, kind of thing, it's very strong.
0: It it, it, it scratches the Matt boilich of yeah. Great storyline with some interesting stuff that I've not seen in a video game before, so I'm, I'm mm. very curious to play more.
1: I have played something else this this last week, and I only talked about it very briefly because it, I got a little frustrated with it. I tried to play Dead Rising again. Now, this is on the PS4, so it was a Virgin released Which PS4 first Xbox one? one. Yeah, the first Dead Rising. Okay. And uh, yeah, I, I'd done a bit of it. I was up to my next goal. I was trying to follow the arrow on screen, but. I couldn't get to. I couldn't find what was meant to be there for me to do. So yeah. I thought, oh, I'll take on another challenge. I'll follow another arrow for another thing that's going on because everything's. There's lots of things going on at once in the Riding. Lots of things you can do. So um, and I tried to do that, but I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't work out exactly what I had to do. I had to, you know, have an escort, a, um, a you know, a survivor back to the, uh, you know, the safe house. Yeah. But just found it very, very frustrating and dying over and over again and uh, I will return to the original Dead Rising every now and again to try and play that game. But every time I do, I get so frustrated I have to enough. I think I was spoiled with Dead Rising two. I think Dead Rising Two is very accessible and very yeah. enjoyable. And if I go back to Dead Rising One, I want it to be Dead Rising Two and it really isn't. No, I it know it's isn't. developed by a different studio. Yes. Uh, yeah, It's a shame because there's a lot of things I like about Dead Rising. I know Are you have not... played it a little, haven't you, back in the day? I
0: I played all of one. Um, Did you? I never got I never got like the best ending, but like I I played it pretty far. So I shouldn't
1: give up. So. Uh...
0: <sighs> I I don't know, Tom. Honestly, like I. I played Dead Rising a lot because at the time it was a very early 360 game and there wasn't really that much out. Mm. Um, I had my issues with it then. Obviously, the the famous thing in that game is the very small text. But I found that game gets very hard in a lot of places. And Mm. you need... Like, some of the timing stuff in that game is almost really cruel, that if you miss it out on, like, a second or two, it'll penalise you for it, and you'll have to redo the whole sequence all over again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, this bit uh, I was trying to do had these yeah. guys who were in this truck, and they are in the wide-open space in the middle. Oh, I know, you know the
0: bits, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And they were shooting and such, and it was like, really overpowered, especially since yes. you don't always have a weapon on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I had to rescue this, this woman who, whose partner yeah, just been enough. killed, right? Yeah, I know. And I wasn't sure whether or not I had to kill the guys in the van, which was incredibly difficult because they had, like, a machine gun on the back of their truck,
0: yeah, or yeah. just
1: get the woman out of that area without yeah. dying. And, of course, when I tried to get to the doors, covered in zombies, you yes, know, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, I died. I think,
0: I think you can do either... But that is one of those things where you do it later in the game when you are more powered up
1: okay, I thought that was maybe a time thing that I had to do right now or
0: um i mean it is it is always a time thing you have to do right now, but it the the game is on a the game is like majora's mask the game mm. is on a three day sequence, and you can always restart that. And obviously, Frank levels up and becomes more powerful every ah, run. so I just
1: need to be a higher level to do that.
0: You just need to be a higher level. It's just one of those things you have to go. Okay, I can't do
1: this yet. Do you know what? This feels like I'm calling a game helpline because uh, you've got a microphone and head headphones on, and I'm asking yeah. a question. I'm really stuck on this bit of Dead Dead Rising. Can you help me, mate?
0: <laughs> Man, I want to. I want to. I want a Club Nintendo team member jacket. If that's the case. <laughs> no. I'd, yeah, from my recollection, that's what you need to do. That's one of the later ones. That might be a fun feature
1: for the podcast. If anyone wants to write in the comments anywhere, on any of the places that the podcast is, I've got this problem with this game. I know you guys have played it. Just don't just give us a random game because there's a chance we might not have played it. Um, But if there's something you're stuck on, yeah, you feel free to ask us. We've played a lot of games. Matt will help you with anything you accuse, won't you, Matt? that I will, yeah,
0: exactly. I can tell you where to go for all the sub-stories, I think.
1: (laughs) You well, know, we'd be interested if anyone takes us upon that on that offer. If you have got a problem with Shenmue Three, I might be able to uh, help you out.
0: Exactly. Access my Yakuzapedia, and I will tell you. <laughs> Just don't ask me about the game I haven't played.
1: No, but I doubt many people will be playing that one considering it's entirely Japanese, unless they're Japanese. It,
0: it, I mean, to be fair, like I said, Kenzen have the has knowledge of the language. Kenzen has guides out there that you can use, and like because of those guides and like people subtitling the cutscenes. Kenzen's amongst my favourite Yakuza games, even though I forgot the bloody name, which is (laughs) typical. Um, Ishin doesn't have that same level of support, or at least it didn't when I tried to play it on the PS3. People had just done the cutscenes and not done a guide for the game itself and where you needed to go for all the sub-stories and stuff, so I'm going to see if that stuff exists now. I really want them to localise those games, though. Kenzen, see, even though it's got some weird cultural... Stuff in the story that I I think would be kind of frowned upon in the West. I I I do think it is a very good game, despite maybe that we'll stuff. see
1: like a double pack of them at some point.
0: Every time they do a new Yakuza game, there's always a survey, and it's the only surveys I've ever filled out on my PlayStation. Like when you go on the game, yeah. it's like, what would you what would you like to see? Which of these games have you played? And I'm like, all of the Yakuza ones. And, like, it, it happens every time. And, like, they're like, oh, what would you like next from the series? I'm like, localised games that are still in Japan. It's well, it could fill a gap between
1: Like a Dragon and Like a Dragon. Inevitable Like a Dragon 2, couldn't it?
0: Well, I mean, Like a Dragon 2, I imagine is going to be a while, right? Like, it yeah, yeah. You need a little gap. They keep so... interest
1: in the franchise.
0: I mean, it, it, it's definitely coming. I mean, the game has been out in Japan for a year already. I'll be very interested to see when the next one is. But, uh, I mean... It would have to be, right? Like I could imagine those games getting released now because let's be honest, what else are they gonna do? They've remade one and two. Three, four, and five are now out for people to enjoy in the collect in the in the collection. Yeah. Six is obviously a PS four game, so that's current gen. Uh yeah. judgments there. You've got Like a Dragon and you've got the Fist of the North Star game. But I, with COVID especially, I can't see a Yakuza 8 within the next two years, maybe. I don't think it'll be next year, maybe no. the year after. But I don't know, maybe they've been working on it. There's a PSP well
1: game as well, isn't there?
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. There's the two PSP games. I haven't played those either because they're on the PSP. I have them. The second yeah. one was an absolute pain in the ass to find in Japan. It's quite a rare game. Okay. But I have them. I've never played them because they're on PSP. Yeah, they That's might huge. not get
1: released. I mean Crisis Core never got re released, did it? And Final Fantasy is huge.
0: Yeah, but also the the PSP Yakuza games aren't made by the Ryoga Gotoku studio. Okay. They're made by another studio, so Maybe some complications
1: there, perhaps.
0: Potentially it's also you play as um Another character who I believe is like instead of the dragon of Dojima, which is the case with uh, Kazuma Kiryu, he's like the the tiger of something. He's got a tiger on his back. Like I, I don't know. They've never okay. brought yeah. hi- they've never brought him into any of the other mainline Yakuza games. So I think those people might games be done with that. They might have the be PSP. just trying to say well. Uh... The combat they they tried something different with the combat system in those games, from what I remember as well. I think they may be slightly RPG, but more tactical RPG. Mm. So okay. I don't know.
1: An interesting, like black sheep of the uh, Yakuza family.
0: One day I'll play them because hopefully one day people will make a translation patch for them, which is very easy to you know do something to your PSP to allow it to play those. So okay, maybe one day.
1: Nice. And yes, yeah. these new consoles are still out. Neither of us have got them yet, have we, Matt?
0: Uh, no, uh, it sounds like, from the looks of things, uh, Xbox uh, Series Xs won't be available really at retail level until April is wow. the report I've heard going around. Could that and be a similar those... case
1: for PS4? five? I would imagine PS so. Five.
0: <laughs> PS5. PS5. Um, I would imagine so. I mean, Sony put out a message the other day saying, hey, more retailers will get, playstations by the end of the year Hmm. but at the same time i haven't seen any of the danish ones restock and in fact price runner the danish site that like compares prices has actually taken some of the the retailers that did have them like the bigger ones in denmark off their website now because i guess they've just unlisted them on their websites because they know they're not going to have them before christmas
1: right well there we go i'm not in any rush as i've mentioned previously uh so
0: yeah, I'm still I mean, still
1: interested in them, but there has to be the games. So,
0: I I have enough going on on the PS4. After yeah, I get, me too. Um, Thirteen Sentinels. I still have Sakura Wars, and I still need to finish um, Ghost of Tsushima. Hey, I've
1: so. got hundreds of games I haven't played. I'm in no rush. You can new console.
0: I'm I'm kind of to be honest with you. I'm even I'm at the point right where I'm even debating should I buy it.
1: That nah, there'll be the odd thing you'll want on there. You'll want the I next mean, Yakuza. It won't sure be on PS4, I... will it? Or will it? Uh, you never know. It you might never be. Know.
0: <laughs> You never know. I mean, like, the fact that those consoles can play that, like an upgrade path, the architecture seems similar enough that they can do that. Yeah, I wonder how I long
1: PS4 will be supported for. It's, I guess if they want to totally go all out in the games, they can't keep making them cross-gen, can they? If they want to really push, you know, the, the game itself, you know, it's yeah. graphics, it's open worlds, it's, you know, the technology, then they're going to have to stop making cross-platform games at some point
0: well I mean that's always been the yeah it's been philosophy of the playstation yeah that's what they keep saying but to be fair also I'm going to re-examine one of the statements I said I'm kind of happy that there's a cut off with the controllers Mm. because from what I've heard people talking about who own both those consoles that seems like the game changing thing about this generation other than loading times
1: you feel like you've got a new console with the, uh, the PS5, where because yeah, yeah. the controller is your sort of gateway into the experience, isn't it? It's what you directly interact with and in playing the game. And if that doesn't feel new and fresh, then yeah, and I would imagine it didn't doesn't necessarily feel like a new console.
0: No, but yeah, let's see, let's see, Tom Barry. It's still early days.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd mention it at the end of this podcast. It's still, still, obviously, it, it's something that's going on. But uh, especially where yeah. you can't buy any of these consoles, then yeah. I imagine exactly. a few people will be getting them for Christmas.
0: I would assume so. I mean, if not that, I guess they'll just be getting copies of Cyberpunk.
1: Ah, Cyberpunk! Yes, are you excited about Cyberpunk, Matt?
0: I you have a base. PS- well, Witcher. P.S. Fan? I love the Witcher. Yeah. I'm just not yes, really that to play big. Yeah. I mean, I I like I like futuristic things. I'm just not. I don't know, man. Like, I'm sure I'll pick up Cyberpunk. I'm sure I'll see it somewhere next week when the inevitable barrage of emails goes hey we got cyberpunk yeah comes in my thing but at the same time i don't know
1: i always it see it right. being like compared in the digital foundry videos out there or whatever videos might not be digital yeah. foundry but they always compare in the uh, xbox one x or the playstation 4 pro versions so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how the um regular ps4 and xbox one hold up i've, I've mm-hmm. heard that they do pretty well from the rumblings i've heard
0: the rumour that I had heard was the reason they were delayed was that they didn't pass cert on the original consoles.
1: Uh, so they've optimised them for the last There's of... a
0: 60 gig day one patch, Tom. Wow. Yeah, so I I don't know. The thing is, right, Like as soon as you set a big RPG-style thing in first person, I immediately think of Fallout. Yeah. And I don't like Bethesda games, so I'm no. curious i will i will probably pick it up i will probably play it but i really don't like bethesda games and if it's just one of if it's on the level of the witcher and that maybe i can deal with it but i really don't like the mechanics of how bethesda games work so i'm a bit meh let's see about it
1: uh, yes yeah, so let's see what's um the reviews are like when when the game comes out and if they can perhaps influence you know
0: yeah, exactly. I'm kind of waiting to see what's happening. Like I said, I'm not no. short sure of games at the moment. No, neither I am I. Like it it's up. not
1: one that's particularly on my radar. I do I do watch it with interest because it, it looks pretty cool, but again, it's a big game and I don't necessarily play a lot of them.
0: No, that's true. Okay. Right. Well, yeah. let's wrap this one up, Mr. Parry. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can find us on a variety of platforms. Uh, you not can Spotify. Spotify not Spotify, yet. <laughs> um, if you can... God, you threw me. You can go to Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom Matt Attack. You can find us on Twitter at TMA Cast. Game Boyle for me at Tom Parry at 11 for Tom. Let us know if you want any help with the game. Um, you can uh, listen to the podcast in a variety of places as well. such as on blastprocess.com, tomandmattattack.com forward slash podcast, and iTunes and Stitcher, not Spotify yet. While you're there, why not give us a cheeky rate and subscribe. Let us know you're listening to us babble about Shenmue and Yakuza still. Though I'm guessing there'll be a break from that for a week or two. Okay, Tom. uh, Thank you, as always, for podcasting. It's been a pleasure. I will speak to you next week. But until then, everybody out there, game on.
1: Game on.